What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Beats and Coffee Podcast, episode 11. Today's guest is an extremely talented guitar player and type beat producer that I discovered on YouTube. He actually has two channels that he's growing on YouTube, uh, one for type beats, one for guitar. So I definitely want to get into that. But uh, please welcome Trent Hayes Productions, THP. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining. Thanks. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I had to throw out the THP. I like that. Yeah, I saw man. the logo. It looks good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, dude. You know, it's kind of the deal. Don't use my initials, just Trent Hayes Productions, you know? Yeah. No, it's cool. Um, so I mentioned like you have you have two channels, so I definitely want to get into that. But as as my kind of default primer question, um, just how did you get into making music and how did you eventually end up on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll give you the story. Um, it's kind of long, there's a lot of twists and turns, but I'll try to keep it as, as brief as, as possible. Um, so yeah, I, um, started playing music as a kid, really just playing guitar. My dad was playing drums. So yeah, just kind of started jamming with him in the garage and then started doing things like playing at church and then just playing with different bands. So through a lot of my teenage adolescent life, just kind of a guitar player. And then what I ended up doing during, you know, those uh, teenage years, like during high school is I started recording my bands because we had to figure out a way to get our music on like MySpace and, you know, all that. So anyways, um, yeah, had to. So yeah, so kind of just started recording my bands and was very much just a guitar player. And just did that for a little while. Um, the 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 band stuff kind of wasn't <laughs> working out so well, and um, ended up joining the military. So okay, um, yeah. So I was out of high school and um, didn't have like a ton of direction. Um, and then my dad was like, "How would you talk to a recruiter?" And you know, I was kind of at a place where I just I didn't really have a ton of options, and college wasn't really an option for me either. So um, I actually ended up joining the Air Force. So at that point, you know, I was kind of planning on just being like just a regular like person, you know? So I was like, I'm going to go yep. join the military, get a skill set, get out of the military and do that skill set on the civilian world. And particularly I was just like fixing airplanes. Right. So, um, so did that. I mean, um, that's, that's a whole podcast episode in itself talking about that. That's pretty yeah, interesting. The whole deal. Right. So, um, <laughs> in the, so where things changed is, um, ended up joining the military, figuring out I didn't love it. It wasn't really <laughs> my thing. Um, so what happened is, um, one day they had these, uh, auditions that were, it was like instrument, uh, instrumentalists needed for like the air force band. Um, so ended up, you know, doing an audition and becoming the guitar player in one of the air forces bands. Um, nice. so at that point, um, I went from just having a regular job to literally doing a world tour and like being in a new country, like every couple of days, like playing guitar. Um, so um, I ended up doing that. And when I got into that, uh, that band, I initially, I felt like very, I was like the only one who couldn't read music. And I felt like I was very much at the bottom. Um, by the end of it, I, I learned a lot and, um, just, I just was mentored by these great musicians and, um, ended That's up just awesome. feeling confident. And I kind of figured out, I was like, okay, so I don't want to have a normal job. You know, I, I want to basically be a, a musician, you know, that's what I want to do. So, um, ended up getting out of the military and um, I moved to Florida to start a band with one of my friends. Um, and we ended up 
kind of just doing like bar stuff and like weddings. So um, ended up getting out. And within a few months, I was able to become a full time guitar player. Um, And that just yeah. So that just looked like playing different gigs and um, playing in like wedding bands and just kind of doing whatever, teaching lessons, just being, you know, a musician. Um, And and at at that time, you mentioned like when you joined the military band, you're kind of feeling like your your skills weren't as good as everyone else by this time were you feeling like okay i got this i know what i'm doing yeah yeah so um yeah yeah the the years following so when i got done with the band i had two years of regular military contract left um because the way it worked is like you left your military job for one year went on a world tour and then went back and finished whatever you had to do so during that time while i was in the military i was like on weekends, I was like out gigging with bands and stuff too. So while I was in the military, I was actually still getting paid to play music. Um, and sometimes awesome. making more doing that than my regular, you know, deal. Yeah. So I, I started to feel that like it was more of my like calling, you know, and um, because people were hiring, hiring me to do it. And then people were hiring me to play in the records and stuff while I was also in the military. So um, awesome. when I saw that, I was like, if I get out, I'll have more time to expand on this. Um, so I ended up moving to, to Florida to like start a band. And and my friend who was already here had a lot of connections in the particular area of Florida that I was in. It was just set up really well to like, it's not uncommon for people to play music for a living because there's just tons of outdoor venues. It's a big tourist area and a lot of people do it. So, um, so I ended up getting into that whole deal. And so me and him, you know, we started a band too, that, you know, the recording, we had to record that band as well. Um, so, you know, I'm over here like producing and I didn't even think, think of it as being a music producer. I just thought of like, we have to record our instruments and record synths and stuff and vocals and just do the thing. Um, so we started putting out music and what happened is, um, someone came up to me and they were like, Hey, um, I I love your band stuff. Like who produced it? And I was like, I mean, I guess I did, you know, along with my friend and they were like, could, could I pay you to re- record my band and like produce it? And I was like, yeah, sure. So that's kind of what birthed me as like uh, a, a, a producer. Um, so as I, as I started like um, putting out projects for other people and helping other people, quote unquote, you know, record um, as I thought it was um, more people started asking about that. They're like, Hey, can you like just produce my record? So um, what it, what, it started to look like as, as I was, um, you know, gigging and stuff on the weekends and like during the weekdays when I wasn't gigging, um, I was just like kind of recording records for people. And it was kind of like a, a word of mouth thing. Um, and through that, you know, I kind of started to do some more stuff like online as far as like put out, you know, on various like websites, like sound gigs, uh, sound better and like air gigs and stuff like that and try to get production gigs. Um, so yeah, so kind of started building that through the years. Um, and you know, so that leads me into, um, so there, there was a, a situation that happened where we ended up, you know, deciding like the band route wasn't going to be my calling anymore. And I just wanted to be a music producer. So that change happened. And, um, I was just trying to build upon that. And, um, I, I, I was, um, experimenting with doing like a YouTube channel. So you probably saw that, right. As you first, yeah. about the, the guitar stuff. So, um, on top of being a music producer, I, w- I was kind of just throwing some more stuff at the wall and trying to figure out like my life. Um, so I was like, I think it would be cool to be like a YouTuber stuff and like teach guitar stuff because I've spent so much of my life doing guitar. I could teach people about guitar tone, yeah. the whole deal. Sky, some time- I, like sky's, yeah. sky is the limit with that kind of channel because there's so much you could cover. Like I've seen guitar guys where 
their whole thing is they just they review guitar pedals. Yeah. And they have like hundreds of thousands of subscribers. But with guitar, there's so much you could do with that. So that's you, yeah, you're right, man. Um, so <laughs> you know, so I started making the videos, and this is gonna kind of probably answer your question that you had in the beginning. Um, dude, I ended up figuring out that like I didn't want to be a YouTuber in that sense. Um I, so I don't know if you noticed, like the last time I posted a video, it's probably like over a, a year ago. It might even be two years. If you look on at the it, guitar channel, on the guitar channel. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm not the best person at explaining things and getting my thoughts down. Um, yeah. And I had some videos that did pretty well um, and that connected with people. But in general, as far as just being a person who is just consistently on camera and is teaching and explaining things um i kind of just got like frustrated with it and just to be honest with you i just wasn't loving it Uh, and i i gave it a good try like i did it for about a year and i was able to um i don't even i don't don't even know like where i'm out in views or subs or anything you're you're doing you're doing (laughs) pretty decent i was i was looking at everything i i think you're you're around like 866 Uh, so you're creeping up on um creeping up on the 1k mark Who knows? and i, I was yeah, gonna I say know. like I, I was gonna say i i thought you had a, a knack for it like you see oh. i'm like oh this guy's a bona fide youtuber he's he's got it down like not only do, does he good. just do the typings yeah, yeah no maybe, maybe i, maybe I thought like, you did a good job with that. yeah so I'll, I'll tell you what the good thing that did come out of it is is um so i was over here like trying to do the videos and if this was like right when the pandemic hits and so so like 2020 in like February, you know, everything starts shutting down. Um, I kind of, and I lost a lot of my gigs too, that I was doing on the side and like producing stuff just kind of slowed down. Um, so I was in kind of like a weird spot of like, like how a lot of the country was. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And um, sorry. Phone call. All right. Um, so everything started slowing down um, and this producer reached out to me um, named Wolfgang Pander. Have you, do you know I've that? heard of him. Yeah, yeah. I follow him. Yeah. He's good. Big, big He's good. Fan, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the best in the business, I think. Um, Wolfgang reached out to me and it was on one of my videos. Uh, one of the only ones that like was did pretty well, right? In views. <laughs> and so he he reached out to me and was like, hey, I have some questions on guitar stuff. I'm trying to, um, you know, I think he was trying to like buy a certain guitar or something. And he, was, he had some questions and he was like, could, could I like hop on a call with you? Um, so anyways, me and um, Wolfgang hopped on a call and we ended up just like talking about like what we do and uh, ended up, you know, becoming like great friends. But um, kind of w- what had happened is that I was like, so what do you do? And he was like, I make pop beats and license them to artists. Um, and I was like, that's like a thing, you know, you can and do that. He yeah. was like, yeah, there's a lot of people who like make a living doing it. And um, it's like a great thing. And then so this and, you know, so mind you, this was like right when the pandemic happened, everything stopped. So I was like, I don't really have anything going on. Like, let me, this sounds fun. Let me make a couple of beats, you know? Um, and, you know, I sent him some stuff and um, thankfully he was brutally honest. Like some of his like, so I sent him some stuff and he was like, this is good. Like, I like this part about it. And some of the stuff he was like, yeah, those drums are just not, nope. Like, that's not going to work. Like yeah. this just very, not you know, through there. Um, so, you know, it, what, what had happened is he ended up uh, becoming like a mentor of mine. And within a couple months, ended up, you know, started to sell some beats and um, basically just kind of 
rolled that into the whole the whole beats thing. I kind of rolled it into um, what I do as a music producer. So uh, present day, um, currently, you know, a music producer. Um, so that's my job. So I produce artists. You know, artists come to me um, with like a, vo- a voice memo they record on their phone, and you know, we get together and we turn that into a full song. And then I also license beats out to artists. Um, so yeah, that's, so that, that's kind of the transition how I, how I got to where I am now. That's awesome. Um, I have a couple, I have a couple follow-up questions, uh, off that, but like the, obviously like the, the license and the beats, I get that, um, for like the, this was going to be one of my questions as far as like custom tracks where artists reach out to you. Is that from, is that mainly from like your connections from what you were doing before when you're kind of producing like locally for local bands or did that, did that audience come from your YouTube channels? Yeah. So it kind of blends together. Okay. So, um, a lot of the artists I produce are people that I have, I know, or have some kind of connection with outside of the internet. So that might be like meet someone like church or something. And like, this guy plays bass and this is someone's friend, whatever. So generally it's, it's, it's kind of connections like that. Um, Mm -hmm. um, but what helps push that is, doing like whenever I do my Instagram like reels or TikToks or whatever, um, it starts to keep me top of mind. So sometimes, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll like talk to someone, you know, let's say, and, you know, they'll be like, Hey, like I want to start a project and, you know, it just, it takes a lot of time and, and it can be kind of pricey to get everything together. So some people just aren't ready to do it. Um, yeah. but what happens is, you know, if I post like, Hey, this is like a post on Instagram, like here is a, like a new, like Olivia Rodrigo type beat or whatever. Um, the person that I talked to a couple months ago, though, I will now come back top of mind and they'll be like, Oh man, this is sick. Like, can we like, let's yeah. talk again about the project. So it's helpful cool. for that. And some of it blends together. Um, but you know, that being said, there, there are a couple artists who I've connected with just from like licensing beats, um, and then kind of just started production stuff with them there. Um, so that, you know, they were like, Hey, I really like your sound and, um, you know, let's work together on something. So, um, yeah, right now in my life, I'm really kind of trying to figure out, I guess the, I mean, right now, I guess it works, you know, um, as far as is doing the beats and doing what I'm doing now. Um, but, you know, I, I just had like a, a, um, a call with like a business coach who's like a music producer. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, he very like critically looked at like everything I was doing. So we talked, you know, all the numbers, um, like finance and like everything. And he just got really into like where I'm trying to go as a producer. Um, and he was suggesting that I basically pick like one lane or the other, which he was, you know, saying, yeah, you need to just like focus on making beats or just producing artists. Um, but at the same time, I have some other like, like friends and mentors who actually do what I do, you know, yeah. or like successful too. Um, and also like, I think the music industry is just, it's also kind of changing too. So like, um, you know, producers who's like, heyday was like in the nineties to two thousands, you know, they probably have a certain way of looking at things, but you know, things are, I think they're going to be different. I, th- I think the whole like beat licensing thing is going to become um, more mainstream because, you know, I talked to um, a lot of the artists I produce, you know, they don't even know that producing beats is it, like beats is even an option. You know, they only can they only think of like if someone's like a country artist, you know, yeah, like to them, the only way to get their musical ideas out into the world is to hire a music producer 
go to a music studio, do the whole thing. Um, and I feel like, um, you know, it's it's just been as far as beats. A lot of people have just thought about it as like hip hop because, like, I didn't even know it was the the pop stuff was even happening. You know? Yeah, I know that that was like I I was telling. Um, I don't know if you watched the Matthew May interview, but like, yeah, the for like pop beats for like the longest time when I first got on here, I was doing like a mix of like hip hop and pop just because I didn't really see too many other successful pop guys. I think you know there's like Mantra was killing it. Yeah. Uh, Rebel. Shout out to Rebel. Yeah. I shot him a note to see if I could get him on here. <laughs> he's He was super polite and nice about it. He's like, he's like, thanks, but no thanks. Um, mm-hmm. But he's like, I, I like what you're doing. Keep it up. So cool. shout out to him. But yet like there's, there was like very few at the beginning and I'm like, okay, is this even working? Like, can this work in, in like the tight beat, um, mm-hmm. you know, format because I was going to ask you this question from what you were just saying. Yeah. Like do any of, it sounds like you work with a lot of uh, artists. Like I, I get, you know, people ask me for custom beats and I, I interact with them for a little bit. Right. It sounds like you have some pretty good experience with it. What, like when they figure out that other people are going to be allowed to use the beat, does that turn them off at all? Cause I feel like even when I try to sell someone on just Mm -hmm. leasing a beat, they still, will push to get the exclusive. Yeah. Um, that's a big, that's a big one. <laughs> it's like the world has to catch up um, or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I haven't done a, a lot of, I've had a couple people inquire about me, you know, just saying, Hey, could you make a custom beat for me? Um, and to be honest, like we haven't met the budgets on the thing, you know what I mean? Because it, it takes a lot yeah. of time. Um, and I also, um, I have to be sensitive because, and, and I have to be strategic with this stuff, you know, cause I, cause I, I make a living doing this stuff and it's like my job. So, um, I just have to think about, I can't spend like a week doing something for like 150 bucks. Time like, you is, know what I mean? Time so, is money, man. Yeah. So, that's what it comes you know what I mean? But I'm sure there are, I'm sure that being said, I'm sure there are artists who could uh, to do that. But, and that's, that's the whole reason why we have licensed beats for, for $30 or 200 bucks. It literally solves that issue. Uh, yeah. because like. Um, personal custom music is costly, you know, I mean, some, some newer producers and sometimes I've even sold a couple things exclusive that just weren't catching on, you know what I mean? And so that mm-hmm. could be a great deal for someone. Right. Um, but that's the, you know, if you think about it, that's the, that's the whole reason why, why what we're doing exists because yes. we're literally solving the problem because, um, truthfully, if you want professional sounding music, that's unique to you. It's cost. It costs a lot of time and resource, you know. Yes. Um, so, f- going back to the question of um, the exclusive stuff, yeah, like I feel like it's like every week uh, someone's like, "Can I have? Ple- like, can I get this exclusive? This and this." Um, and here's, I've I've sold a couple exclusives, and I have a couple that I think I am going to let go here soon, and I've been really like reluctant to do it, um, only if it's just like, you know, makes sense for me on my end. Um, yeah. but here's, here's, here's one of the, the big things. Like I think people, I think producers should think about before they do give away beats exclusively is, um, like, let's say if you have like a beat, um, and then like someone offers you, they say, can I have this exclusive? You're not only giving away just that beat for that money. What you're 
possibly doing is you're possibly cutting off future customers because by yeah. taking that beat off the market, especially if it's like a hot beat, right? So there's certain beats um, that um, like of, of mine that are like best sellers. And if I would have sold them exclusively, it's not only the money I would have lost up front. It's even if someone comes and purchases a $30 license from me, they're going to be way more likely to buy something over the course of like maybe two to five years. Um, yeah. and, and, and so I've only been consistently making beats for two years. Um, and I, I've had people from year one, um, still come back like and buy stuff recently, you know? So that's something I try to think about is, is not only just like the immediate cost of like letting it go, but like what future customers am I possibly like cutting out or not actually making that connection with, you know? True. And, um, I like, I send out, like if anyone downloads my one of my beats from like beat stars, they go, it sends them on like a email journey of like 10 emails where I just give like tips on how to get started and stuff like that. Yeah. And one of my emails is, um, talking about why leasing beats over buying exclusive beats makes sense. And I, I have to give credit to uh, Robin Wesley cause I stole some of his thinking from his training course. Mm-hmm. But what I try to explain and I think like every producer that's trying to post beats on YouTube has learned this is that it's not going to be one track that blows up your channel. Like the odds of that happening mm-hmm. are so low. It's like you need just, you know, hundreds of pieces of content to release on a steady basis. And yes. that's going to eventually grow your fan base. So I try to explain that. I'm like, we, we need each other. Like we need you guys um, cause we need customers obviously, but you, you need an unlimited amount of beats that are just conti- consistently coming in. Doesn't have to be from just me could be from, you know, the whole world of producers online, but like as an artist, your main goal should be to be pushing out content, you know, two or three times a month and do that for five years straight. And then that's how you become successful. It's like, even if Adele released one song, the best song in the world, and had you know no media behind her, no followers, mm-hmm. it would just it would drop like a brick. And maybe not a Dow, maybe not a Dow, but like yeah. the average artist, it will drop like a brick. No one will hear hear of it ever, and they'll be like, "Well, what the hell? I just spent five hundred bucks on this, and then it got thirty views. I'm done being a musician. I'm going to go sell insurance." <laughs> Man, dude, you're you're preaching over here. Like I I could not agree more. Um, and. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it just it just makes sense, you know. I, I feel like a lot of a lot of artists, we, they kind of just get like into like the um, I don't want to say. Let me think of a good way to say this. Um, a lot of the artists, they just get really excited about their music, right? And I get excited about my beats, you know. As soon as you're done, you're working on a beat, you know. It's like my baby for that, like whatever yeah. three days I'm working on it or whatever. I'm like, this is like the coolest thing right now you know and then as soon as i post it i'm like looking on youtube i'm like what is pr do people like it blah blah, blah. um but the thing is is you know um there's only a, a, a certain amount of them that really catch on you know and, and, and do something it's even for the big guys like it's kind of it's very much it's very much like that you know um so as artists we need to be creating and, and putting out and and, and yeah continue this, this especially age. in this age it's yeah. yeah and now more than ever so I mean, I like even if you do get the exclusive, I it's probably just not going to be the answer for you unless you can yeah. afford if you have a, a really heavy budget and you could do that. That's awesome. And there are people 
Um, like I work with, you know, people who are like realtors and all kinds of other things who that's like their side thing. Um, and they can fund it. And that is awesome. You know what I mean? But yeah. if I was, you know, a 19 year old kid, you know, and I'm trying, I'm serious about becoming an artist all day. I'm like leasing beats. And then, I mean, the, the cost difference is just insane. You know, you could get like, yeah. um, like the premium license. Um, and then I, I offer like vocal mixing. Right. Um, and for me, I can mix it cheaper because, cause I'm, I'm doing the beat. Right. Um, so I already have the stems. I have it set up a certain way. So I don't have to charge a lot for the mix because the beat is already mixed. You know, I just got to do the vocals and a little bit of editing, but it's literally like, I don't even know, like a sixth or an eighth cheaper than it would for me if that person came to my studio and like gave me the whole idea. I mean, what you're losing though is, you know, you're losing that exclusivity. Um, and I've, I've talked to a lot of artists about that and that comes from more of, I think an emotional place rather than like an actual practical place. Like I, yeah. I don't, I don't think the artists are that worried about actually hearing someone else with their beat maybe, but I think it's honestly more about like something within themselves. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. Like just being able to say, this is mine and like it's unique to me. Um, so yeah, man, I, I talk to people all the time about this and I'm trying to like convince them <laughs> to, yeah, uh, but I know. yeah, <laughs> for, for me, like, I, I mean, I haven't sold that many exclusives, but I always, you know, I always will follow up and, you know, be like, let me know if you need anything. I, you know, I'd love to hear the final project. And I've, I never, I never hear from those people again. I sometimes check like their, their channels or socials and never see the music released. And that's like just such a bummer that, you know, they paid all that money for that beat and they don't push it out. It's like, it's like, yeah, like, like, I, like yeah. I said, I hope they're not scorn about, um, you know, paying so much for a beat yeah. and then whatever idea they did had, it, it's just not working out with that beat and it frustrates them. Yeah. And it, it does, it's not doing much for you either, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, I know I, I get dying. desperate sometimes though, where I'm like, I meant like that. Money. Yeah. I mean, dude, same, uh, you know, um, but, um, we all have a price, right? You know, there's yeah, there's yeah. a figure for any beat in my in my catalog that I would let it go for. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, but what I'm saying is like, you know, once it's gone exclusive exclusively and the artist doesn't do anything with it, um, like no one's getting to hear your work as a producer or the art that you've created. Because something that's important to me with the beats or something I want to see is I care like about what happens with it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know not every single artist who like grabs one of my beats and records to it. It's, you know, it's not going to be like top level stuff. Right. Um, but I am such a fan of, of music and, um, just like the whole thing. Like I, I, I want to be a part of things that are great, you know? Yeah. Um, and, th and that, that, it, it, that hurts, you know what I mean? When things just like die and you don't get to see the end of it, you know? No, you're, uh, you're inspiring me here. Like as you were talking earlier about, you know, mixing vocals and stuff like that. Maybe it's, maybe it's after each beat purchase, you reach it. Maybe I'm talking to myself here. Maybe I reach yeah. out to them and say, Hey, for the first beat purchase, I offer free vocal mixing just to kind of give them that extra nudge to actually push, push it out. Cause I, yeah. you know, like for someone that doesn't know how to mix vocals, they go to record on a computer and their vocals are all low mm -hmm. and dry 
and they're like, they probably show their friends and their friends are like, eh. So it's like, if we could just show them, either show them how to yeah. do it, which I, I try to through one of my emails, mm-hmm. um, or just do it for them and say, Hey, you know, for this, a little extra more money, you can get, get a perfectly sounding song. Yeah. Um, that's something that I've been trying to expand on. So I've been doing some vocal mixing. Um, there's one artist who I'm doing vocal mixing for and I, his stuff's great. Um, I, I love working on it. Um, but yeah, what I've been having a hard time doing is getting the, I guess the people like on my email list and my, um, you know, customers and fans to, I guess, like trust me to do it. Um, cause there's yeah. some people who th- this has happened multiple times. Like, um, someone has like purchased like one of my beats and honestly, their song is like pretty decent. And, but literally mm-hmm. the last thing is, it's just like the mix just isn't quite there. Like they're just, just got to cut the, vo- make the vocals cut through a little more. Or the DSing wasn't right. It's a, or, or like the compress if like a, a few small tweaks and it would have been great. Um, maybe they don't hear it and they don't care and maybe, or, or maybe they like mixing and they want to do it and that's completely fine. Yeah. Um, but I, those bother me the most is when I'm like, this was so close to being like super great. Like I want to throw it on my website, but the mix is just not there. It's I just, and I don't, I don't think it's going to quite like resonate with people. Um, so like what I have done, um, like, uh, so the, because I, I had, um, when I first got into this, when I first decided to start mixing the vocals and stuff, um, the songs I produced for other people, they weren't really like the pop stuff. Like, you know, they weren't like the mm-hmm. Laney and Olivia Rodrigo type stuff. You know, it's like I produced something that sounds like Coldplay or like Ben Rector or something. And it, it was yeah. hard to like convince those people to let me mix vocals over this like Laney beat. Right. Um, so there's this one artist named uh, Tiago who got a couple of my beats in um I really liked his songs and songwriting. Um, but when I listened to his songs, I was like, I feel like the mix could be a little bit better. And I was just like, Hey, could I do, um, let me just do a free mix for you. I liked your stuff, you know? Um, yeah. and I was like, let's, I'll just do a free one. Um, uh, and he loved it. He was like, this is great. And then now he like hires me to mix his stuff. Um, That's so awesome. So you could maybe, um, um, maybe you could, uh, like just do that. If you find an artist who you like their stuff, be like, Hey, I'll just, I'll hook you up with a, like a free one. Um, and I told him that I wanted to, and also now, cause, cause his stuff is quality enough. I, I send it out to my list and I'm like, Hey, here's a song I just mixed, um, for someone that over yeah, one of my beats. It's a good idea. Uh, yeah. Except for the guy that's like, I just bought that beat. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but, uh, I'm sure that would that is, I always think uh, about that too. Yeah. I'm not going to do that with Olivia Rodrigo. He's probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Those are like my main ones. So I always think about that. I, I'm always afraid to like, you know what I mean? Cross pollinate. Like I'm, like, I'm always afraid. Yeah. Like to yeah. post, post a finished song of someone on like the website or something. Cause someone will be like, thanks. I just bought that one too. You didn't, you didn't put my video up there, but yeah. Um, so I did want to talk about, uh, Olivia Rodrigo beats. Cause that, that's when I first, uh, started, uh, seeing you pop up on the YouTube rankings. Yeah. I know when I, when she first like came out the gate with like driver's license, I'm like, Oh, this is a cool sound. You know, I could, mm-hmm. I could make something like this. So I think I made like a beat just like driver's license, yeah. but in my head, I'm like, she's not Dua Lipa. She's not Ariana Grande. She doesn't have a big enough following. You know, I'm going to go back to concentrating on those where I, I saw you 
because I, I would see you pop up on the search rankings. You would keep going with creating her beats. Mm. And now I'm thinking, I think, and it's only, I think only like type beat producers think like this, but mm. I think she's one of the most valuable artists to be ranking for because she's, she's only had one album out so far. She has right. a huge young fan base and she, yep. she's about to take home a bunch of Grammys. So she's going to explode. And I think you're going to be rewarded by having all your videos on YouTube that are ranking for, like there's going to be a whole yeah. new bunch of traffic coming. Yeah, man. The Olivia Rodrigo stuff has been, um, I mean, that, that's like my best selling stuff. It, it, and it's, I, I, I like making it too. And I, I think there's something about her, the sound of like that record, like the Juno, we kind of sounds and like the, um, muted guitar stuff that is great for me as a producer like i connect with it and you know that that's yeah. a big part of it too is that you know i can't i've tried to make some other kind of beats um i don't even know like every once in a while like, i'll hear like an artist and i'm like let me do like this i just do like a role model one or something you know what i mean yeah. but that's like the only one i've ever done uh so sometimes i'll just try stuff but with olivia rodrigo i think what just worked for me is that it like my skill set could facilitate that sound. Oh um, yeah. And, and guitars. I, yeah. Yeah. So I think it was like this weird, and I don't even know, I'm probably not like, um, you know, I, I don't want to act like I'm like the biggest Olivia Rodrigo type beat producer, but you know what I mean? I think the reason you got a big that, poster behind you, you know what I mean? Like I'm <laughs> the Olivia Rodrigo type B guy, you know? Yeah. Um, no, but, but you're ranking up there. You got a couple yeah, up there. So yeah. For the size of my channel, like for sure, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's because I, I enjoyed it. And I think uh, for some reason I was getting into like the Juno type sound. I'm like, this is fun. I can explore this and um, just do some of that. So I guess I liked making them for one. Um, and then people kind of just started to connect with them. And there's definitely a, 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 an audience there. I think my like YouTube demographics are like 60, 70% female now. Like it's, yeah. You know, so. mine, I'd say mine is like, yeah, like around 50, 50. Um, but like, that's, it took me a while to get to a place where, cause remember I, I came from like doing rap beats and it took me a while to like, accept that, Hey, this is what I'm good at. This is my audience, you know? Um, so I mean, I, I, right now I wouldn't mind if my whole audience was female just cause that's who it's resonating with. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that's it, man. You know? Yeah. So let's see. So the guitar channel, I'm kind of bummed. You're saying you're, yeah. you're done with the guitar channel. I mean, were you close to like uh, monetizing? Like you're close to the thousand subs. How are yeah, you doing with like was, watch time? Uh, yeah, it was going up. Um, I mean, I honestly, I mean, it's one of those things where um, I could have done like whatever with, you know, like I feel like with anything, as long as if if you enjoy it and you put in enough time, like you will see success. It might take like a year or two or or ten years or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I I actually I believe that. And you know, for that, like I kind of just like left it there. Um, you know, I um I don't know. I had the conversation um with Wolfgang, like I talked about earlier in the interview, and what were we talking about the beats? And you know, I was just I told him what I was doing. I was like, Yeah, I'm making these YouTube videos. I was like, but I don't actually, I don't think I like doing them anymore. And I, it's just kind of like <laughs> frustrating me. And yeah. then he was like, he just 
said, stop doing them. And I was like, That's... yeah, but I, I was like, I got to do something. He's like, no, stop. Like do something you like. Yeah. And that was, I was huge advice. I was like, okay, like I feel, I guess I'll trust, you know, this guy. And, um, yeah. So that's, that's one thing, thing with YouTube yeah, that you'll you'll quickly learn that to be successful you have to like like what you're doing because you yeah. have to put in so much work you know it's just there's no way you'll keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I agree. Um, you know, I think another thing too, I kind of wanted to like touch on, and so I, I listen to like pretty much all the beat podcasts, you know, so. Um, love it. I'm trying to learn as much as I can. I like listening about people talk about analytics. I read bus- business books, like all the self-help books. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm a big like statistics guy and like numbers and I like to see how things work. Right. And then I, I feel like a lot of people who talk about like beats and stuff, a lot of it is, you know, it'll be like, here's, ta- here's ha- hacks with like two buddy. Here's how this producer did this. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of it's like the technical stuff, which I'm here for it. You know, one of the, the biggest things I learned and I learned this from like Wolfgang is that those things are like important, you know, and, and you, you need, you need those. But to me, uh, and from what I've, I've gotten from him is like, what's more important is like your artistry. Um, mm-hmm. it, whenever you're, you're creating things, um, that you believe in and that resonate with who you are people will eventually start to find those things and connect with them. Um, so I always think about that whenever I'm trying to like make decisions about like, you know, what kind of beat should I, I'm kind of tired of, of like making like Laney type beat. Should I do this? And like, the question is like, what's, what's true to me, you know, like yeah, what, that's what good, good will, call for sure. Yeah. You know? Um, and so that's like one thing I just think about, like, I, I feel like just a lot of the information we have out there, it's just like really like, heady and just really like statistical and like these kind of beats or even like beat stars will put this stuff out like you should you should think about making these kind of beats like because this is like what's yeah. popping you know i'm i don't i'm not with that i i don't think i don't i don't think that is is going to be the way that you're ultimately going to achieve what you want you know and, I, and as soon I, I as you start right. yeah as soon as you start being an actual artist and start connecting with that side of yourself people will see it and recognize it you know and it, here's, here's the thing that always goes through my head too, with like all the, um, cause there's like the type beat producers and then there's also producers that are selling to other producers in it, you know, every selling, week selling what selling like courses and stuff, selling courses, selling kits, selling yeah. producer knowledge. And the thing that you have to think about, cause every week they're like, Oh, you're not, you're not on Spotify. You got to get on Spotify. Oh, you don't have a lo-fi channel. You got to get a lo-fi. Like every week it's something new and a new success story in a different direction. And it's like, there's no way you could cover all those bases and be successful. And the one thing you got to keep in the, keep in your head is that those guys need content, uh, for their channel. So they're, they're looking at everything and it's, they're reaching from over here, you know, email marketing over here, TikTok over here, you know, something else. And it's like, they're doing that because they, ha- they're doing what they have to do to make their channel successful. But it's, it's like, you gotta, you kind of got to pick and choose your lanes as what, like you said, what you like doing mm-hmm. and what you want to do. And then focus a lot on that. That's, I kind of feel that way. Cause yeah. I, I'll always see stuff like, like you mentioned, like from beat stars or something like that. They're like, Oh, you should be using Google Trends, and I'm at the point where I'm just like, 
I don't have time. I don't have, I, I already have yeah. so many little tasks I got to do. I, I cannot look into that. So, yeah, some of it's good, you know, I mean, and there's, there's things I pick up from people like all the time on that, like technical side or analytical side. Um, but I, I think just the artistry side, like trumps that every single time. You know? Yeah. I would say, yeah, I do. I'll, I'll go on like a, a streak of like beats that I, I feel good about, but I will have those ones where I'm like, ah, oh, this kind of sucks. And I'll just try to hurry up and get it done so I could get to the next, next project. And hopefully I'll have some new inspiration on it. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. I mean, that happens to me all the time. Um, sometimes ones like that will like connect with people a lot. Like those won't generally be like my best sellers. Um, but maybe someone might offer me like an exclusive, like way down the road because it, because it has like something unique. Is that what you're kind of yeah. talking about? Like you make a beat and you're just like, I don't really know quite what this is. And it's probably not that great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for, there's, yeah. For uh, me, it's usually the ones that I, I have trouble finishing because I'm like, it yeah. need, it's missing something. And then I'll, I'll spend, you know, two hours trying to find the thing that it's missing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I, I come to a realization, like it is what it is. It's not going to get better. You know, just push it out and move on mm -hmm. to the next one. Yeah, I think that stuff's good for you. I th you, I think you grow a lot doing that kind of stuff. Um, truth be told, when I when I first started making beats, um, like it, yeah, uh, because I the, I just started making beats in you know 2020 when I started the channel. Everything else was strictly production thing. So even it's similar to producing, but honestly, like a lot different. You know, I mean, just learning how to like yeah. use splice and how to get the drums out. Cause I had never done drums like that. Um, but it would take me sometimes, some beats took me like two weeks to get done. Um, yeah. and, and that's just like days of like banging my head against the keyboard. Like I can't figure out the next thing, but like what was happening is I was like eventually figuring out like, Oh, for my skill set, I need to like reach for these kind of like drum loops or this kind of key sound is going to be the way or this, you know what I mean? Um, eventually, yeah. Uh, yeah, you get faster. I, mean, yeah. I, I still get caught, you know, so every now and then on some stuff and I kind of just try to step back. But, um, I feel like those experiences of like, you know, running up against the walls, um, I feel like those, the, eventually it's going to pay off in another form. That's, you know, you're gonna, that's you're a good point. Yeah. Cause you'll, you'll, sometimes you try new things and then you start, you know, exactly when to incorporate them next time around. Yeah. Um, you just made me think of something and I might be, I might be losing. I lost it. Oh, no. I lost it. Anyway, we come back <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll keep it going. One thing I was going to ask, like, uh, so are you still in a, in a band right no. now? No. So I was going to ask you like, like I, I was never in a band. My brother was in a band. He, he was a great guitar player. Kind of reminds me of you a little bit. Um, what he always kind of ran into with like making songs is it, it always seems like there's a few weak links that aren't as passionate about, you know, what you're doing as, or at least as he was. And I, I find like being a producer or like a YouTube producer, like it's all on you. You have a hundred percent control. I, I like that aspect of it. Like no one yeah. is gonna, no one's gonna hold you back at all. Yeah. Um, I was, just talking about this to uh, someone last week. Um, so I've been in a few bands and all of them 
we've had issues with just certain people because to make a band work, uh, for one, there's like a lot of it's you, there's a lot of work that goes into it. You know, you got to like put out songs and like market, set up shows and stuff. Every single person in that band has to be um, as committed as you are, because otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, if it's just one person who's doing all the booking, setting up the shoots of the photographer. Um, meanwhile, like the bass player literally doesn't do anything, you know, just shows up to practice. Like it's going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're, you're going to, you're going to build up resentment because you feel like you're, you are the Mm -hmm. band. You're the one like putting in all this work. Um, so what I do prefer as a producer is that, um, you know, I can't look to anyone else. Like, you know, it's wherever my career is like headed, it's on me, you know? Um, and that could be yeah. sometimes, sometimes there's weird trends, um, in, in, um, the beat stars marketplace and selling beats. I don't know if you like heard, um, or like experienced any of it, but even like all the, I have a few friends who are like, uh, big producers and all of them had like some pretty heavy drops in sales, like over the, um, last quarter, um, yeah, including I had like a month or two that I'm like, this is not normal. Like, this is weird, you know? Um, so th- so that being said, there's things that happen that are out of your control. Um, but ultimately it's my responsibility to navigate those things, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I like that sense of, you know, kind of like responsibility. So when certain things aren't working, it's like, do I need to try email marketing? Do I need to try this? Do I need to exactly um, like extend yep. over here? So, um, I do. Yeah. I love, I love the one man kind of like thing of just like, you know, whatever happens, it's like on me, you know, I'm going to take responsibility for it either way, good or bad. Yeah. I like that too. Um, let's see. So like your sound is obviously guitar driven, but are, is there any, are there, do you have like any go-to VSTs that you're using um, for, I guess, sounds outside of guitar? Or do you ever use guitar sounds from VSTs? No. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't pride, think so. My pride, my pride won't let me. Um, so <laughs> I, use a, um, I use a Kemper profiler, um, but it's also the same tool that I use to play like live music, you know? So I literally, mm-hmm. if I go play a gig or something, I'm taking my Kemper. So it's just a tool that has really good guitar sounds. Um, but I did try the, oh man, what's, what's, uh, the neural DSP. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The archetype plugin. I don't know that. I don't know. That's a, that's a it's, VST. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of the VSTs I've played, I've tried a few different ones. Um, kind of one of the, one of the problems I find with them. And this is, this is a guitar player thing is you gotta think I play guitar for over 20 years now. So mm-hmm. I, I'm used to a guitar reacting a certain way, you know? Um, and it, we've over the past, like, you know, five years or so, have we guitar players have accepted that like, oh, digital can be really good. Like, uh, you know, the quad cortexes, yeah. the Kempers, the fractals, like these actually can sound really good. So we, we just got there, but with the plugins, um, I, the ones that I've played, I'm like, they sound good, but they don't feel like an amp. Like they don't, the, they, they're, they're already too compressed. They're like, yeah. mix ready. Kind of yeah, thing. they're like they're mix ready, which is great for producers. Um, but someone who's you know spent thousands of hours playing a guitar, whenever they play through one of these like VSTs, it doesn't feel quite right. That being said, I tried the Neural DSP um, plug. It was like a free. I just tried. I had some time, and I heard a lot of people saying good things about it. And yeah, I thought the sounds were really good. Um, I have to check that and one it felt out. Pretty good. Yeah. So they have different ones. So you can get one that's like Corey Wong's signature amps and pedals and then i tried tim henson's they have like plenies um 
But from what I've heard, I think that's like the best stuff as far as VSTs go. Um, I've heard people get great res- great results with like Amplitude as well. Um, for me, I'm so familiar with the with the Kemper, and I just I like the way it functions that I'm I'm just not going to use anything else. Yeah, that or there there was a time when I was trying to learn guitar. There was a like I used to be more into like buying and collecting gear than I was actually making music and Kemper. Yeah. The Kemper amp was on my list. Um, what is your, what is like your direct in? Cause I, I like my first, first year making beats. I had a couple beats that I played simple guitar on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I always struggled with is like the feedback. Um, the signal wasn't strong enough. And like, even if I'm like, okay, this sounds good. Um, I would like, replayed on a VST and it would sound mm-hmm. way better just cause it was mixed and, you know, yeah. compressed. What, what does your direct in look like for a guitar when you're recording? Yeah. Um, I actually, I had another producer ask me the same question, um, a couple weeks ago. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if I'm the best person to answer that. Um, I, so I use the Kemper. So the Kemper, I actually use Spitif, which is awesome. It's literally one cable that runs stereo and it doesn't hit the preamps. So I have no preamps to mess with and everything's level matched perfectly. And it's, it's like the cleanest way you can get guitar from the Kemper into the computer. And to me, it sounds great. So that, that's what I use. Um, but, um, I, have you tried using like a DI box, like playing, uh, one of my friends was telling me this. Yeah, so you, you went I, or to I've, DI box. not a DI box, but uh, pedals. I've, I've, I think I tried to use like a, um, uh, I can't even think what it's called, like a gate pedal or something to try to keep like the feedback down. Yeah, I don't think that would, I don't think that would do the same thing. So, um, I, man, I'm not like a super nerdy guy. Someone might be like, this guy's an idiot to hear what I'm about to say. But one of my friends was telling me this. He's a, he's a bass player, guitar player. He was telling me when he records DI, um, like when he's running through like the archetype VSTs or whatever, he says that he plugs his guitar into the DI um, direct box and then just XLR out. And then, so then you're running an XLR into your preamp. And I think that like steps up the sound, right? Because um, you're bumping it up from like a, to a balance signal. I, yeah. I, I don't know the specific, but I, I think that's what happens. And I think it gives you a cleaner sound. He was, he was, he swears by, it. he was like, that's what you got to do next time you plug it in. I was like, okay, maybe, Maybe if I'm, maybe I, I think what might've happened is I wasn't getting a strong signal just going directly into the, uh, you know, the interface. Mm-hmm. So I started buying all these guitar pedals and then I, I had like trouble containing the feedback. You were going, that could have been going, it. You were going pedal straight into an inter, in, interface. I was going guitar. Yeah. Pedals into an interface. Yeah. Like three, I don't think three I, pedals. I, I couldn't into see that working interface. out very well. I don't know much about, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know a ton about this stuff. I do know that that's probably not going to work because they're designed to hit an amp. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, Might yeah, be selling my pedals now. <laughs> the whole, or you could get like, there's like little, I think like reamp boxes or something you could get, or you, you need some kind, you need something that does like an amp feature. Now there are like, you could get a, um, uh, what's the Strymon, uh, pedal, um, the, Big Sky. Iridium. No. Iridium. You can get the Strymon Iridium, and it basically is like an amp. So I've been seeing a lot of like 
um, church dudes use these who don't want to use amps. And it's like a pedal that's like an amp and it's got like four different ones on it. And you can run your pedals into that thing and run that out. Those sound incredible. They, I they have sound the, like the tempers and everything else. Or I think I might have a budget version of that. I have the the blonde pedal, which okay. is supposed to be like an amp pedal. Are you familiar with that one? Uh, I can't remember it the it's they do it's not Strymon, it's it's it was only like 150 bucks, but they have like um different pedals that uh replicate different amps. So okay. like one pedal, yeah. I think it's like the Oxford is the orange amp. Um, That's cool. the, the blonde that I got is supposed to be Fender. So I, yeah. I think as I'm going, this was like two years ago that I was trying to do this. I think maybe my solution was going through that blonde pedal and then trying to go into the interface. Yeah. I mean, let me know how it's going. Um, if you want, I can help you out with that stuff. Um, I love talking guitar yeah. stuff. Um, I, I hate that. I hate that the technical stuff would hold you back. I don't like that. You know, yeah, I got to, I got like to back to the technicals. I got to pick up the guitar more and actually practice it. Like, uh, I know, I know some basic chords. That's about it though. Um, I, yeah, there for a good year or two, I was trying to get better at it, but then mm-hmm. like all this stuff just totally took over my time and I'm like, all yeah. right, VSTs it is. Yeah. So, but one day, one day, maybe I'll go back to it and try you, to try to get into it. Do you use any, uh, guitar loops? Um, it's, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm weird about guitar loops, mm-hmm. like splice. I feel weird about just taking a guitar loop from splice, yeah. but like contact instruments, like the strummed acoustic, mm-hmm. if I play like a loop on there, I'm like, okay, I, I don't have like those pride issues in, yeah. um, there's one VST that is like becoming my new VST or favorite VST. It's, um, and of course, I can't think of its name. Vet or Vengeance uh, producer speed, suite, like APS okay. Avenger. Um, that thing is awesome. It is like it's all those like EDM sounds from the 2010s, mm-hmm. but they they have like sample loops and expansion packs that you can buy, and the guitar samples are awesome. And you could play them at any any chord you want. You know any any key, any chord you want, and it plays it back for you. Like, I love that. I, th- I think that's the problem I have with um, Splice is I may hear 75% of it and I'm like, okay, that sounds great, but I would have done something different here. Whereas with like yeah. the contact stuff or this APS Avenger, I can manipulate it a little bit to get it to where I want it to be. Yeah, that's and that's that's a problem with like guitar loops or any even like keys loops is that like you have something that sounds cool for like four or eight bars but then you can't alter it you know what i mean yeah like you can't if you change the chords on the chorus like then the tone is gone and it's and if one thing that also bothers me about like uh guitar loops is once you say you like hit mute on the sample before like the chorus like a breakdown the whole beat completely like falls apart. It doesn't sound like the same beat anymore. Yeah. So that I struggle with. Um, yeah, I I would say usually I'm just doing the best I can to try to recreate something using like mm-hmm. a virtual instrument. Um, as long as I can get it like 80% of the way there, usually I'm pretty happy. If not, I'll use like those contact loops, which 
which you can manipulate a little bit more. Cool. Speaking of sample pack or speaking of guitar loops and samples, have you ever thought or do you offer your own like loop pack, guitar um, sample pack? So <laughs> I, uh, there was a time, this was when I was doing more experimenting, um, <laughs> with my life as a musician. I, I, I actually did create uh, a guitar sample pack one time. Um, and I guess for like a, I guess like my idea was I was going to like maybe become like cymatics or something and like sell a mm -hmm. bunch of samples. But it was one of those things I tried and I kind of like realized I was like, you know, <laughs> no one's going to buy this stuff if they don't, if no one knows who I am, you know, you need the, uh, the brand <laughs> behind you. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what, who, how am I going to like market this? Like I tried run, running ads. It was kind of ridiculous, but I did create one time, like a hip hop sample pack, um, that was given away for free. Um, I can send you it if you want to check it out. Um, yeah, I don't even know if it's available anywhere. I had fun experimenting with the, the tones and stuff. Um, I, I think once I get a bigger audience, um, I, I would love to 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 do some of that stuff. I've had a couple people, you know, um, message me about stuff. But, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like at the end of the day, when it comes to like my online presence and, and just being a producer makes beats, I still feel like I don't have like a, a big enough audience to make something like that, like make sense right now. Um, yeah. I think maybe once people, more people start asking about it, um, then I'll definitely, you know. There you go. It, yeah. You know? Wait, wait till uh, you get the, the brand up a little bit more and then that could be a big money maker for you. Yeah. Um, so your, your, your beat channel, you started it in 2020. I think if I yes. did my research, right. Yes. It's been, it looks like it's been growing pretty quickly. It, uh, you seem to get pretty good amount of views per video. Like what are you like posting nonstop or what, what would you say contributes to the, you know, I guess the, the views, the audience yeah. engagement, what would you it, say is contributing to your success? What's yeah. if you had to pick one thing? I'll tell you this. It's not consistency, which I, I hate to say out loud, but, um, I, I need, I want to get my, my consistency up and that's, you know, we talked about this earlier, like me trying to figure out my producer life as far as producing artists and making beats. Um, so that's always a struggle to, to get something out weekly. So I feel like I'm, I'm a, about at bi-weekly. Um, some months I'll get three, some months it's only like one or two, but, um, I think the ones that get views are beats that people want to hear, you know, um, the artwork, um, I feel like is like a big deal. Um, Your artwork is nice. I, have, out I was going to mention that. I can't take, yeah. you know what? And it's another thing, like, I can't take any credit. Wolfgang Pander, um, you know, he's like my big brother. <laughs> so like, he's like, no, we got to fix this. Cause if you look back, you, you can see. You can see, I mean, and Wolfgang has some yeah. of the best artwork. If you look he's at his got channel, some kind of that cool like brand. mysterious seventies film mm, type. Yeah, you get that so, feeling from it. True, like when you go to his channel, like you're in an experience. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, he he pretty much designed that template. I, I might have edited a couple things. Um. But the new template I'm using, I definitely saw more people like a higher click through rate whenever I. Um, transition to that. And if you go through some of my old videos, you'll see like a THP like logo. And that was just me trying to figure stuff out. So I think the new stuff looks way better. Um, I think when people see the artists, they like, you know, they want to like click through and be there. Yeah. Um, I, I, it, 
having that artwork is so valuable. I would have paid a lot, like in hindsight, um, I would have paid a lot of money to have that. It's very valuable. Like having stuff that like looks clean and yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and, and I say that because I am so bad. I am like the worst person when it comes to anything with graphics or visuals. Yeah. Um, that's my logo is literally like, <laughs> it's, um, a font, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, this is clean enough. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fine. But, um, I'm, I'm so bad when it comes to anything like visual and in getting that stuff down. So, um, I, th- I think, um, like, producers like if they need help like that would be that's a great investment if you need help with logos like visuals um or if you have a friend like you can hook up with you know someone who can help you out yeah um so i think the visuals is huge and um to be honest with you dude like my most of my stuff that does well is like the um olivia stuff like i feel like my laney beats i (laughs) i love my laney beats like i have fun making them and to me like you know, I have like 60 tracks in there with like these synths and guitars. And it's like a full, I picked out like six different types of risers, but honestly, like, I mean, <laughs> some people buy them, but it, it's not nearly as much as like the Olivia stuff. So the views thing, I think the Olivia Rodrigo beats are just like in demand. And I think I do them justice enough to, you know what I mean? To like have people come check it yeah. out. And here's another thing. I'm email lit on my email list. Um, dude when i post like when i like if i send something out like hey here's a free guide on this or here's like whatever it'll be like 16 percent like opens it or something like that dude i post yeah. new olivia rodrigo type b it's like 60 percent opens like everyone's clicking and through you'll, you'll send that to your like email audience you'll say hey new type b posted yeah yeah and so that. that gets more engagement than like me coming up with any kind of value content like people like want yeah. that more than anything so i yeah i think that i think the answer is like good visuals uh obvi- like good beats right because youtube won't push it if it doesn't if it's not good um and yeah i think there's just a demand for that you know so if you can do it a you, little bit justice like people want to hear it you know um if you don't mind me asking if you don't mind revealing how like where are you at as far as like your email list as far as like um yeah count? okay so yeah, I can tell you that. Um, I'm at like, I'm I'm like just under 500, like five or yeah, okay. 500. Yeah, so just under 500. I so this was this was wild. Um, and I'd I'd like to hear your opinion on this too. This is such a big topic, and I've talked to other people about this too. So since I started initially, um, like I wanted to do, I wanted to incorporate email marketing because I listen to a lot of people like. Um, like Graham Cochran, um, and I, like he talks about email marketing and stuff. And I, th- I think there's so much to be had there. So I, I wanted to incorporate that. So from 2020 um, until like a few months ago, I always ha- gave away my beats like free tag download and would just build mm-hmm. my email list. So a couple months ago, I wanted to build an email funnel. So when people got the free download, they they got like a sequence of emails. Yeah. So last month while I was putting finishing it up, I I turned free downloads off to see what would happen. Uh, what? Well, I I just turned it off because I was like, I'm getting everything ready. Like whatever. I'm just going to turn it off and just see if anything's. And I had like basically like a record month uh, last month. And I'm like, free you downloads. Turned the are emails off. off? Record oh, month. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm like, and so I've I've always had this thought in my head, you know. Um. So someone's on like BeatStars Marketplace, like searching for beats. Um, so they, they see it, like, let's say they see a beat. Um, so they go on, they click on it 
and they they can get a free download. But like what I'm what I want to know in my head is like because there's an option for free download, is that just like taking away the option of them buying a license? Because like, is there anyone who would have been like, Could no, be. I'll, just pay 30, I'll just pay 30 bucks right now yeah. and just get it. Um, or people are just like, oh, I'll just do the free download and maybe I'll come back later. And then they never get it. And then I saw someone on like Twitter say something about, they're like, yeah, turn off free downloads and then I get more beats. So, uh, dude, and I actually just turned the mic on because, <laughs> so last month, like pretty much record month, <laughs> first week of this month, not so yeah. hot. Like, and like, so it was enough, it was, it was enough that it like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn it back on and see what happens. Yeah. Because, um, like the sales, I mean, and sometimes like I make, you know, 70% of my sales in like, a, you know what I mean? A week or two. Sometimes, sometimes just stuff's weird. So I try not to make emotional decisions, but like me turning off that and shutting off my email list funnel, um, that was like a very emotional move, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> And, and but here's, an, here's another thing I did that I do feel better about building my list. And, um, if you see in my new videos, have you seen where I, I, it's like, Hey friend, if you're, if you need help, um, creating, uh, re- uh recording, mixing your song, we have this like guide to help you out. Um, oh, if, you look no, at my, if you look at my latest videos, the pinned comment, the pinned comment I have, um, basically I have a, f- a free PDF guide and, um, I think it looks really good, but it's basically all the basics of recording your music. So it it tells you like what the basic recording equipment is, how to do a basic mix, how to do a basic master, and like how to put your stuff on DistroKid. So, That's awesome. Um, That's a great and, idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, feel free to um, hop on. You can, if you want, you can hop I, on the funnel and take a ticket for a spin. See how I might. I might be. So they download, <laughs> the, they download the PDF and then does it? Do you get their email address? I get their email. I get their email list and they're automatically in this funnel. And then the funnel sends them to, I have this, I I created a video course um, called how to record professional vocals from home. And basically I walk you through mic technique. We talk about room acoustics. We talk about if you don't have, if you can't get sound equipment, like how to hang up blankets on your walls, like where's the best spot to record, what your preamp gain should be. Um, So I'm sending like two pieces of like value like that. Um, and then yeah, at the end idea. of the funnel, I have an offer basically for them to like buy some beats um, at a discount. But uh, so that's pretty new. I, I just turned that side of it on like a week or two and it's pretty slow through YouTube, but I, t- I just turned my beat stars free downloads back on and have that set up and that gets a lot of free downloads. So um, yeah, I, I'll quickly be able to see, you know, once people go all the way through the funnel, if it's actually like converting, if it's actually like doing anything, you know, so um, a lot of this, man, I'm just trying to I, I'm trying to figure out like what works because um, like a big, I would uh, say, yeah, I feel, if you said you asked my opinion. Yeah, I would leave it on because I'm I'm at like right around the same spot free you da- are. On the free email list. Yeah, like okay. I'm I'm coming up on 500 and I have shut it off before. And mm. I feel like it's just way too valuable not to get the emails. Um, yeah, you know, it's. I would say when you get to around two thousand or so, that's when the companies, the email uh, companies, will start charging you more to push mm. out your emails. So maybe yeah. that's when you try to narrow it down. But it's like until you get to that point, I'm I'm keeping the free download up there. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's tough, and I feel like. 
I don't know. I honestly, I don't think anyone really knows the answer to it. Um, I would really love, I'm going to try to do some statistics. I've actually wrote down some like numbers. I mean, the, the best way I could think to do it is just like, let's say have a month. Um, and I could just look at total amount of plays through the month and I could look yeah. at like, you know, free downloads. Um, and then I could look, I could calculate sales in there and then do another month, um, where, you know, free downloads are off and then look at plays. And I guess you would basically have to like, look at how many plays per sale you have. Yeah. Um, and then like, kind of like see if there's a difference, you know, from like month to month. Um, so that's, that's stuff that I'm, I'm, I, I want to try to, to implement and get into, but you know, kind of just trying yeah, to, on top, on top of that stuff, I got to make beats, you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot to juggle. It's you know? yeah. The marketing definitely eats up. Yeah. For me, it's, I, I think I've, I've been down that road where I I'm like, all right, I got to shut this off. No one. And it was, I shut it off because sales, I wasn't getting many sales. Mm. It, it didn't really feel like it made a difference. I still wasn't getting many sales after I shut it off. Um, turn it back on just to get, get the lead. Like, I feel like that's valuable. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, I don't know, it feels a little yeah. better. So, well, like, um, I okay, good... let's see where you still have me. I think I kind of lost you a little bit. Are we, are we here? Yeah. You froze for a sec, but I got, okay. I, I think you froze you. a little bit to you. Um, one thing I know that was effective was I had a really good Black Friday sale, and I know that was strictly through email marketing. Um, nice. So you know, I so I know there is there's there's value to be had there, right? When you do the right amount of stuff, but um, I'm also just wary about like sending like flash sales, like all right, random thirty percent off. Like, is that I don't know. I've yeah tried some of this I mean, stuff and like messed around, but I don't know. There's a lot. I, to I might here. be doing a a Valentine's Day sale coming up here, and only not my goal this year is to be more active with trying to get sales. Like mm-hmm. in the years past, I've always just been like, "All right, if they happen, they happen." But this year, I'm actually like, I have a a goal that I'm trying to get to, and I'm like, "All right, I got to start taking steps towards that goal." Got um, my Black Friday sa- sale recap: one sale. And the guy didn't even use the promo code, so oh, <laughs> that man. that one didn't go too well. But I'm I'm constantly tweaking yeah. things. We could, yeah, um, we can get we we can get off air too, and like we can discuss some stuff too. We can get into yeah. some more technical stuff, you know, on that side. Yeah, um, sounds good. But yeah, I I um I was very intentional about Black Friday. Like I ahead of time created a full email sequence of letting them know about it, like the reminders, um, everything through Instagram. Um, so everything. And then I also like was, there was like a, a very hard time delay on it too. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I did a little bit of research online. Um, this, I guess the next one, I'm gonna try to build up to it, but, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole world to master, but there's a lot in, going on. You just got to keep, keep trying things and see what works. Let's see. So we we're over the hour mark. It's it's. Okay. I mean, this. I, th- I feel like there's a ton of gems in this interview. But let's see. One of the other things I wanted to ask you about. So like, uh, I see you on YouTube Shorts and TikTok. Um, how have the the shorts been helping you with grow your beat channel? And then how how's it going on TikTok? Yeah, you know, 
I'm kind of on TikTok because everyone's like, TikTok, got to do it, you know? Um, so if I look at my, you know, overall plan or like where I want to be as like a music producer, um, I think if I have a strong social media presence, that that's going to help, you know? So whether if that's like uh, mm-hmm. producing like an artist, you know what I mean? If I have like thousands of potential artists who are like seeing me, there's a chance that there's going to be someone in there who's like, oh, I want to work with him, you know, and do that kind of thing. So so there's value to being known by people. Um, now, as far as like setting it up to like sell beats, I don't know. I mean, I so some of the people who buy my beats um, will like comment on my like Instagram reels or TikToks and be like, yeah, this is like, yeah, this is cool. So it's, it's kind of, it can be a reminder for them. Um, sh- I feel like the short answer to this question is, is I don't know if I've put in enough time to see any of the real benefits. Yeah. Um, and I've really been trying to figure out like content that um, I feel like for one, like, you know, resonates to me, you know what I mean? Because uh, I heard, I think I heard you talk about this before in another episode, and I couldn't agree with you more. You said like TikTok feels like it's just very entertainment based. Yes. Um, and I don't want to like I, I like being entertained, but to me, like I don't. If I'm an artist, I'm not going to hire like someone who's just joking or you know what I mean, just making jokes yeah. about producing and stuff. I don't think I would be really surprised if they're actually getting valuable leads to sell beats or produce artists through that stuff. So. My whole thing with like TikTok, like I could care less like how how many actual followers I have or like what the number says or if people think I'm like cool or popular, like none of that. I don't care about any of that. What I do care about is getting like quality leads to work with or yeah. like basically purchase my beats, you know, um, and, and that obviously comes with like having, you know if you have those, then you'll have a few, th- few thousand followers or whatever. So I'm, I'm really honestly kind of just trying to experiment with more stuff. Um, I just did a reel on, I did like a remix of, um, light switch by Charlie Puth. Um, I thought it was cool. I, I want to do more of that stuff to be honest with you. It, it's kind of just like time consuming. Um, and like my biggest issue with getting stuff out consistently is just that like, you know, I have projects I'm like working on with people where I feel like I need to get my beats out or I need to do, or mix, I need to mix a song. Yeah. It, it's, it's like my tick, my, like for, to me, for me to make social media content, it's, it's going to have to cut into like my work time, you know, cause I, I have a, a good, like I, I'm yeah. married and stuff. And like, I, I like, you know, I, so I very much like value my time outside of work. And I, I'm not one of those people who's, who is just going to work 14 hours every single day. It's, it's just yeah. not how I am. Um, so yeah, man, I, I'll, I'll get back to you on that as far as, you know, but I'm with you. I, I just I, don't, I, I haven't seen a return yet, but I'm, I'm hoping if I can be consistent, like it'll be there, you know? So I'm, I do, I'm planning to do remixes. Um, I actually have a Olivia Rodrigo remix in the works, but still like editing it. Like the editing part is tough, but in, in between, like what I want to be known for is the beats. Like if it comes, like I know audience, you want the entertainment, but what I want you to know me for is, is the music and beats. So yeah. I'm going to, I think my plan is I'm going to do like five to 10 beat videos, which they say will never work. Although my view, I mean, I, I get views that I wouldn't have had on them. Yeah. So, you're talking about just posting like an artist picture or like the stuff that's on there. Yeah. Why so, not? Why not like play the instruments like everyone else? Yeah. Uh, well, I could do that. I think what I'm what I'm going to do is 
I'm, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to do like five beat videos in a row. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do a, like a remix with showing me like play the instruments along yeah. to it. Go back to five beat videos in a row. Do another remix showing me playing the instruments. I like because it's so easy to create the beat video content. It's like literally an extra 10 minutes. So I'm like, yeah. I might as well push that out. But in between, I'll drop, you know, longer videos that take much longer to create. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know if it'll work. I'm just going to go from there. Try it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Let, let me let me know how it's going. Um, <laughs> I'm going to. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to try to do better. I think I just got to like commit some time. I think I heard I, I don't know if it was on here. Um, I, I enjoyed your I really enjoyed your interview um, with Ryan from Heat. Yeah. Um, and I think he said that he like does like batches it out like he does like a whole like yeah. afternoon or something. I Honestly, he said like 30. Jeez, that's nuts. He said like Monday nights, 30, <laughs> 30 TikToks. I'm like, holy I, shit. I think I need to do something like that because um, actually I have a daily um, – this is cool. I think this is like a, a little tip. But for me, I have this like book and I I write down like my goals for every single like day. So I have like a weekly thing like set out. So it will be like three TikToks or and it might be like um, send this song over to artists, send over Envoy, blah, 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 whatever. But every day – I prioritize, I, you know, so as soon as I start the day, I'm like, this has to get done. This has to get done. And it's generally like seven or eight things. Um, so, um, what happens though, is kind of like my priority is always my, the work, you know, it's, 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 yeah. the, it's the production it's, it's the whatever. So, um, I, I know I'm like not prioritizing like social media, um, yeah, I'm just like if I get if here. I if I get enough time in the day, I'll get to it. So I think that's kind of the problem. So um, it's like a it's like a beaver building a dam. It's like sure you could wander off, but you have to get back to building that dam. Like just uploading those videos. It's yeah, yeah, nonstop getting it up. So yeah, I don't know. I probably just need to. I got to beef it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dedicate the time. All right, so cup or we're over the hour. Um, and my, I could smell my wife is making dinner up there, so I got to get up there nice. soon. But one, yeah. one final question: um, like you mentioned, podcasts. I also love podcasts. What, what would you say are some of your other, you know, producer podcasts that that you love listening to and you get the most value from? You know, um, I so Kyle Beat stopped. Like he, I liked his stuff. Um, to be honest, as far as like this sounds kind of like weird but i think the the most valuable information i got on like working like just being a producer is actually stuff that is outside of the music industry so like people like um like graham cochran podcast like so he teaches like basically like online business like selling courses and stuff um so that might be that might be a good fit for everybody um but there's a, a podcast called like six figure creative um, love those, love those dudes. They have like such good, like information on just, um, it's really just like broader terms about how to like, um, just things like how to communicate with people, you yeah. know, um, just like how to add more value to value to people, like how to make people feel comfortable. And like, all, like to me, those things are way more important than like getting my two buddy stuff. Right. Um, like, yeah, and, making and sure like, you're ranking. Yeah. And like, reading, stuff. and like, re- like, you know, like two books that like, like completely changed the way, like my business ran in my life was, was just like, um, 
the go-giver and how to win friends and influence people. And those have nothing to do with music, but it's helped me like the most in my music career, just knowing how to actually nice. listen to people and communicate. So yeah, honestly, I, I like I, I started listening to your like producer podcast. Um, but I listen to like DJ Payne ones, like interviews and stuff, but I mean, that's almost like more entertainment. Like sometimes there's some stuff, in yeah. there, but I find more value. I find, yeah, I found, find way more value outside of the music industry, honestly. Yeah. I'd say it's, it's a nice, a good, that, that was my favorite. Some, something about like his determination was like so inspiring. Um, producer grind ones, those, I feel like they were more fun back in the day. I miss, I miss Dylan. I don't know where Dylan went, but um, he had a good, good charisma. I miss him like interviewing. Um, But other ones, Ocean does a decent job. One, one thing Ocean is good at is um, when he interviews his guests, he like, I, I'm always butting in and trying to give my take, but he like just sits and listens and he has good follow-up questions Um, I, I listened to some non-producer ones. Like I love Gary V. I could only take so much Gary V though. I'd like, I, I could handle them in small doses, but when I'm ready to hear them, he totally gets me fired up. And then I listened to, uh, Russell Brunson also. He's, he's pretty good. Yeah. Did you listen to the producer grind interview with Illmind? Yes. Dude, Illmind, like I resonate with him. Like anything he, he says, like like yeah so he's someone if more people had like content that was like like that because he's very much like value-based like trying to like help people out and kind of just talks about like basically like the principles of like you know yeah uh working in the music industry i that kind of stuff like i really resonate with and, and learn from my i'd say my favorite guy that gets interviewed is uh gummy beats okay. i don't know if you heard his but like so inspiring. He's, he just, he kind of tells it like it is. Um, but yeah, he, he's got some great, great gems and, um, he inspires me. And then also for some, I loved Gami on the Kyle beats podcast, Mm -hmm. like just seemed like a great personality. Yeah. And then, um, KBZ too. Anytime he does an interview, for some reason it gets me all fired up. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, Final question, any any advice or tips for up-and-coming producers that are trying to make it on YouTube, selling beats, or just trying to grow a brand? If you started today, what would you do? What would yeah, be your initial I, I steps? Mean, I feel like I'm still starting. <laughs> yeah, I feel like <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I would say just don't get too caught up with what you think is popular, you know? So it's easy to look at these producers who are bigger than you and be like, oh, well, this producer, you know, they have a lot of views on this, like whatever, like Laney type beat or something like that. So now I need to do something like that. That is the wrong answer. Um, And I think, you know, if you can just commit to um, developing your artistry side, you know, and and really, I mean, it sounds like really hippie, but it's so true, you know, just... um, like find find stuff that you you enjoy to make and like make it and post it and it's going to take time but people will start to resonate with it but um if you just start like looking at everyone else and copying everyone else you're literally just going to like 
fade in with everyone else. And I think yeah. the only way that you're really going to grow is when you can actually stand out and actually do things that are different and really just like communicate with who, you, you know, communicate to people like who you are, because they'll see that and they will, you know, resonate with it. Yeah. No, good answer. Good answer. Uh, all right, man, it's been awesome. You've, uh, you've dished a ton of knowledge here. Very interesting background. Um, if you ever do, I'll say this, if you ever do drop another, uh, guitar sample kit, I will be the first notice <laughs> you get in your pay- PayPal. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll pick that be thing on my up. Email no list, so that's gonna be perfect. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get it unsubscribed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, sounds good, man. Yes, cool, man. Um, I enjoyed it. All right th- yeah. No, thanks for jumping on. Um, I'll talk to you. All right, man. All right, man. Thank you. you. Bye.